Hello and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all kinds of conversation like mental health, self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a place where we support one another in business and personal life. Hope you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get the show started. Today's episode was thanks to Sonia from the JV department at Coach Foundation. I love her and I have gotten some amazing guests from her, so I can't wait to start this conversation. So on today's episode, I have the pleasure to talk to Louise Ashley. And Ashby. Ashby? E. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh she is an actress and a model, understand the power of overcoming uh devastating life challenges. Uh, as she had a really bad accident that every bone on the left side of Louise's face was shattered. Her wow, her left eye was uh, pushed into the back of her head, and the left lobe of her brain and part of her right lobe was severed. Now she is a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and transformational mindset mentor. She is passionate about sharing the, these tools with other women facing difficult situations by helping them tap into their true potential to discover and unleash the amazing gifts that have become with a tough time. Woo, I can't wait to start this conversation with you. So welcome to the show. Tell us what is life with you? Life is good today. Um, I've definitely had a lot of ups and downs, but it's the ups and downs that make us who we are. So now I'm at the point when ever there is a challenge, I know this is going to sound weird. I kind of get excited like, ooh. <laughs> what is this oh, here yeah. to teach me? What can I learn from this? Um, because I truly believe if we embrace the challenges, there's huge lessons for growth in them. And also it's like we're detectives, private detectives trying to find out what makes us tick. Um, you know, so if something comes along and it's triggering something else, then, oh, I need to look at that, <laughs> that initial trigger and work on that. Um, so basically what got me into coaching was that I was an actress and a model and it had been my dream since I was four years old. But then when I moved to Los Angeles, shortly after my mother passed away, I was 20 years old. I had, you know, the world at my feet. I felt that this was my time. Uh, everyone kept saying, this is your time now, because I'd been going through a lot with my mom. And so I took the plunge and moved to LA. And then six weeks later, I was in a near fatal car accident, which basically did, yes, take the left side of my face, the vision in my left eye, um, smell, taste. My neck now has a reverse curve. And um, I lost the front left lobe of my brain and some of the right. And um, yeah, it was, and my, you know, my face was, yeah, it was uh, it was in bad shape. Basically, it was unrecognizable. So I woke up, I went to pick up a friend for dinner. Um, I remember putting the food in the back of the car and then that's that's it. And then next thing I woke up from a coma in the intensive care unit to see my modeling pictures around the room. And I was told it was so that they could decorate the room 
but it was actually so the doctors could see what I was supposed to look like. Um, my family were there, my friends, uh, some of my friends from England had flown over. I dreamt about the car accident the night before it happened. Um, so basically nobody would give me a mirror. And then one morning, I, so I had 11 and a half hours brain emergency brain surgery the night of the accident. And then I had um, 26 hours of reconstructive surgery, my first reconstructive surgery um, a few days after I woke up from the coma. So I was in a car accident. I was uh, basically two blocks away from my home. And um, I was driving down the road. It was dusk and a big American car basically was driving on the wrong side of the road and hit me head on. No matter how much I tried to avoid him, yeah. he just, he had a mission. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was that. And the long, the long, the sh so it's a long story to make a long story mm -hmm. short. Um, when I saw myself in the mirror for the first time, it was it was something that you never imagine could uh, be something that you uh, are going through. Um, you know, when you wait, when, when you're going through life, you, oh, at one point I'm going to lose my parents or I'm going to break up with a guy or, you know, going to get a job, got to do my school, all of that. But you never think, well, one day I could wake up <laughs> and have no idea what that was looking back at me. Anyway, so I saw, uh, so the doctor had come in at 6.30 in the morning to remove the staples from my head. And at that point I was like, what, what's wrong with this man saying that there's staples in my head? He must be crazy. So um, then I realized I was bald. So a family friend brought me in some turbans, little cap things to put over my bald head. So that was the day I saw myself in the mirror for the first time. And it's absolutely nothing you can be prepared for. I knew something was wrong because family and friends kept looking at the floor and they would say things like, well, you don't look quite the same right now, um, <laughs> which was a, which was putting it bluntly. So I went into the bathroom. My head was down because I wanted to make sure I had privacy before I looked up. My best friend was with me and um, I opened my eyes and I didn't recognize what was looking back at me. It was basically all of the pain, insecurity, fear, anxiety, everything I had felt since the day I was born until then, um, things I had stuffed down that I hadn't been, you know, uh, told anything anyone about because I thought it was normal and because there was a lot of shame and stuff that came with those things. Um, and so all of that suddenly was what I felt was staring back at me. It was like my insides were now on the outside staring back at me like, okay, well, if you weren't gonna deal with us, now we're on the outside, you have to deal with us. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was that moment you look in the mirror and it's like, wow, I have, I don't recognize what's looking back at me, but I'm still here, <laughs> I'm still here. So you just feel like, wow, this is our housing. This is my, this really is a housing for my soul because I'm still here yet. Everybody else around me is saying, well, when you're normal again, when you're back, it's like, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still here. Um, so I collapsed on the floor of the bathroom and my best friend said she couldn't say 
it's going to be okay because a it wasn't okay and b she didn't know if it would be okay she didn't know how it could possibly be okay so that you know as well as seeing my appearance and knowing I'd lose lost my face also the you're hit with that's my career that's my dream my career's gone too um and when it's something that you've kind of <laughs> planned out since the age of four it's a big yeah it was um definitely definitely weird so I'm on the floor in the bathroom I'm crying and I have these images of my mom when she was going through the things she was going through and she had the most unbelievable strength and courage. And so I was like, okay, mom, you know, <laughs> I get it. Um, and then I heard my dad on the other side of the uh, the bathroom door saying my name and his, vo his voice cracked. And I just thought, I can't put my family through any more pain. Like we've just gone through unbelievable loss. And at that point, I knew that I had to make a choice. So it was like complete helplessness, hopeless and helpless. And um, just, wow, this is, I don't know what to do with this. My life is over. And then, okay, well, if you want it, you have to make a choice, Louise. You have to make a choice. Either you're going to get up and you're going to put your big girl boots on and you're going to do what it takes to live, to be present for your family, to um, give yourself an opportunity to still have your dreams, an opportunity to have a life. Because I knew that if I stayed on that bathroom floor or if I made the decision to feel sorry for myself and let my circumstances dictate how I should feel, then I may as well not have got off the bathroom floor. So I, I made the decision to get up and I made some stupid joke. Like when I came out, like, I don't think this is really my color about the, the turban that I was putting on my head. And at that point, my family were like, okay, she's in denial. She doesn't understand. <laughs> the magnitude of what's going on when the bottom line is I did understand the magnitude it was so huge of a of a challenge that mm -hmm. um I needed everything to stay positive to be able to actually give myself that opportunity of making it be okay so I knew that I had to deal with everything from my past that made me uncomfortable or brought on any anger, shame, fear, whatever it was, because I had to have only positive, only a healed person who could come to the table with everything possible to take me through and give me the strength and the courage to get through it. So I you know, I took that journey within and, and looked at all the things that had made me feel less than or not enough. Um, any of those things, victimized, all of those things. So that I had only good, you know, to come through with. Um, my left eye wouldn't open. There was just a lot of, it was just a lot. It was a lot, but I wasn't going to let it um, overtake my life. I felt that 
rather than the circumstances dictating to me how my life should be. I wanted to dictate to my circumstances how the circumstances would be. I never took no for an answer. I saw four different surgeons. They all said, there's nothing we can do. It's too severe. Um, and then thank God I found the, lo the last doctor I met with was like, okay, it's improvable, but not fixable. And I just was like, I'll take it. So then over the next 12 years, I had 28 reconstructive surgeries, wow. um, including three eye surgeries and five, no, five eye surgeries and three brain surgeries. I was asked to leave public places. I was discriminated. I was bullied. And I didn't take any of it personally. I just felt like that's your stuff, not mine. I'm not going to let your words and judgments bring me down and stop my stop me from living my full life. I will not let you do that. So, and a big thing was as well is I couldn't handle it when people, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I was like, please don't, please don't, uh, you know, have, don't feel sorry for me. That's the last thing I need because I'm not gonna, I, I don't feel sorry for myself. So I don't need you to feel sorry for me. Um, and I didn't like the word victim. It was always survivor when they're like, oh, she's the victim of a car crash. I'm like, no, I'm the survivor of a car crash, not the victim. I didn't want the word victim or anything anywhere near me because I just, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I wanted to show up to survive and thrive, not, you know, to be, oh, well, I was this or whatever. Um, but it takes, it takes a lot to get to that point. Um, I don't know where that strength came from, but it came. And so I would, of course, feel, you know, the anxiety and the, the fear and the what ifs at times. And so I said to myself, you can have 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day to feel bad, to feel sorry for yourself, to feel any of that stuff. So then I'm acknowledging my feelings because it would be strange if I wasn't feeling anything. Um, I wanted to acknowledge my feelings and then get them out, give them some time, but not too much time because I knew if I gave it too much time, then it could overtake and I couldn't have that happen. So it was uh, an incredible journey. I found out that I had a lot more injuries. Um, a lot of them are invisible injuries as well. So, you know, those can be really tough because people think that you're, you're okay and, and uh, that you should really have it together and everything. But with a brain injury, that's not always the case. Yeah. So well, it's rarely the case. I'm very lucky that I am able to, you know, think and speak and do a lot of the things that I can do because, you know, I was told constantly that I was alive and should be dead. And um, something set in. It was like when I found out I was blind in my left eye, my dad got really, really upset. And I was like, dad, it's fine. I've got another eye. Okay. I've got another eye. Cause I had to do that. I had to keep shifting. Like, okay, I had a bad car accident, all this stuff happened, but I can walk, I have all my limbs, I can talk, like, you have to hold on to what you have, like, if you have an attitude of gratitude, then you're constantly looking through your day for something to be grateful for, to put on your list that night, and as soon as you have that attitude, then it means that more good things are going to come in, that you're just being in that um, space, so that was that was amazing. And just the lessons that I learned about myself, um, you know, the little girl who was insecure and, and uh, 
sensitive and emotional suddenly had this strength and courage. And I wanted to know where that came from and how to heal the other wounds and the voices that actually weren't mine at all from the beginning, um, how to differentiate. Those are somebody else's. That's not what's truth. Um, finding my my truth, finding my voice and uh, finding that place where I didn't take on what somebody else said or thought about me, uh, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, well, it was always for me because I was always so worried about that stuff. Um, and so, you know, when I was socially acceptable, I got a part in a film and started doing that kind of work again, but it didn't make me feel comfortable. It didn't, because in that time, I had also written a book, a memoir about my experiences going through disfigurement and the way I was treated by other people and where I found the strength and the things that I may have, you know, like other things that I fell into, some good, some bad. Um, and I was also help working with my doctor and meeting other families whose children were going through disfigurement. And I was, you know, a spokesperson for the charity. We set up a charity and I was doing that. So I was going on a lot of shows and, and interviews in magazines. So I was able to get my message across. And then people who were going through challenges were calling me and I was helping. And suddenly I was like, this makes me more happy <laughs> and feel more fulfilled and rewarded than anything else I've ever done in my life, than acting, than anything. And I realized that that was my purpose and that, you know, it was, you know, maybe the acting thing had only not the acting dream had been there so that I would keep pushing myself to get through this um, so that I was in an, in a situation where I could say to others, I'm telling you anything is possible. I shouldn't be where I am. My doctors say it's my mindset that got me to where I am today. And I can show you how to do it. And I have the tools because I had to find them myself. And um, and I get to share that with people who are going through tough times. And so when somebody says, you know, do you, do you wish it had never happened? You must wish it never happened. I'm like, if I wished it never happened, then I would be taking away from those lives that mm. I may have helped show that they could do what they thought was impossible because we all can, we all can. It's about mindset. It's about the practices we have, the tools and how to surround ourselves with the right people. Um, and if you don't have people or if you don't have family, it's about finding those resources because there's always somebody that wants to help and be there for you. And I know a lot of people find it difficult to ask for help, but it's like, you know, when you ask for help, you're actually giving the other person a gift. Wow. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I hope you can hear the mess in the background. Is everything no. okay? Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. Um, okay. So, and um, how did the TEDx, you know, and you like, how how do you get this energy like to help others and like think about it and you know you said you had a program as well 
Yes. So I have just relaunched, well, rebranded my coaching business um, because before I was doing it for the charity and everything. And um, so I have developed the personal power program, which is for women who are going through adversity, through life-changing events. And um, yeah, it's a 12, 12 week program. Uh, it's one-on-one. -on -one. There's also um, group possibilities and it will basically help anyone who's going through something to transform that and to have the strength and the energy and the courage to get through it. And I will guide them along the way. Putting I the am so sorry. So I just launched my personal power program, which is for women, the 12 week program one-on-one, -on -one, or I might stop doing groups, but it is a very personal um, program. So it's something that I will be working through with you, um, helping you find the right tools and practices for what's going on in your life. Um, I know how to find the strength and courage in you, how to push you to those places to give you that nudge. And um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of insightful and um, amazing things that we'll do so that you don't have to feel challenged again. And so that you can see the gifts that you have to offer. And maybe you'll find that your life is better now than you ever thought it would be. So, so that's the incredible thing that I'm doing. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. My life has completely changed but it's changed in a way that, like I said, I would never have dreamt. And I get to meet incredible, incredible women and men who then tell me their amazing stories. So we all, we're all unique. We all have something valuable and special to offer the world. So I got to find mine. You are definitely a blessing, a miracle, a joy just to have you around like just your energy and just like giving others you know the perspective on how you can change your life and things like that so like wow thank you so much for coming on my show and you, you know and being so brave and badass I'm sorry excuse my language <laughs> but like oh so I'll take badass, badass anytime <laughs> Any I, I, I don't know another word for badass but like yeah you it are works. so powerful <laughs> uh, so thank you thank you so much oh thank you thank you uh where can my listeners find you so they can find me on louiseashby.com i also post lots of freebies um so that's always fun uh, any information about courses I have coming up, retreats, any of that will be on there. And also lots of other um, interesting tidbits. And you can email me at louise at louiseashby.com um, and see if this is something that you may want to visit and see if it's right. Yeah. Tell us about the retreats. The retreats I'm putting together right now, um, one will be in Bali and I think one Ooh, in Peru. Nice. So it'll probably be like a six month uh, coaching group uh, mastermind. And then it'll end with the trip to Bali. 
where everyone can meet and be together. Wow. I absolutely love that. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Fun stuff. You never know what can be out there for you if you don't, you know, if you just continue going through what you need to go through, putting one foot in front of the other, understanding, yes, it's going to be overwhelming um, at times, but knowing who your support group are, knowing who to go to for this and who to go to for that. And then every time something comes up, looking at the tools and the exercises you had used before to get over that and it will just keep strengthening until it becomes a habit. And then seeing gifts come in in packages you never would have dreamt of. If you just stay present, ask for help, be gentle on yourself. That's so important. Be really gentle on yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't judge yourself. Don't think that, you know, and this is with anything, actually. There's no timeline. People go, oh, well, I, I've left it too late. I'm, I'm 50. Mm -hmm. What's the point? It's like, no. If you say I've left it too late, then you'll have left it too late. <laughs> yep. But if you believe that it's just beginning, then it's just beginning. It's yep. all mindset. And mindset is very powerful. Yeah. A simple example is just with the podcasting. Everybody's like, it's oversaturated and you're too old and this and that. At 34, I started my podcast. So 34, like, you're a I know. I know. <laughs> that's all I would say. But I got some postal years. <laughs> so I'm like, no, oh, I'm exhausted. That's awesome. <laughs> but no, yeah, you know, you're never too late. And that's what, that's the message out there, you know, that I want to put in. Yeah, and big the time. obstacles, my obstacles are mental health issues. So like, that's my, what my podcast is about, you know, to share tools and resources. So at least in every episode, uh, if you don't laugh, at least you get at least, you know, a tool or something that can help yeah. you out in your life to move to a, a better direction. And I think the hard thing about mental illness um, and the same thing with brain injuries, all of those things is that people can't see yeah. the injury. So you'll find that you're being like, for instance, I can sometimes forget things or um, there are certain things that I have because of my brain. Like I need to, I've learned, I need to send post-it uh, texts to myself before I go to the supermarket, to the store, mm. because I might forget the thing that I'm actually going for. Just little things. So it's, you know, you adapt, but it's those invisible injuries that you find people are going, what is, I don't understand why you don't get what I'm saying <laughs> or why yeah. are you being so emotional about this or why are you laughing? And it's like, <laughs> do you not remember what's going on? But it's like, you know, people don't know. So it's our secret at the end of the day, but it's also something that we need to tell those that we love and that are in our life, like, please be aware of this. Yeah, you know, and that to verbalize it too, like you know, coming from yourself and saying, I need your help with something. And I don't know about you, but for me, it was after self love that self awareness came in after self love without loving myself, I didn't have any awareness of anything. Like now, I can be like, Oh, depression showed up, what's up, girl let's do this, you know, feel the emotions, journaling and things like that. Anxiety showed up. Hey, what's up, girl? Hold up. Yeah. Let me breathe. Let me yeah. calm down. You know, so it, it 
that compassion, grace, and kindness came after loving myself. Yeah, it's, I mean, life is hard. It is. Um, and we have so much to learn along the way. I truly believe that, you know, this is a school for us. Um, so more than anything, being gentle on yourself and learning to love yourself. And if that means taking yourself on a date every week, so you're actually giving yourself special time. That's what's important because at the end of the day, that's, you can't love anything else or anybody else until you love yourself fully. Um, and I never understood that until I loved myself. And then I was like, oh, this is a completely different kind of relationship now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I'll make sure I put the links for everything on my on the show notes. Thank you. And congratulations on doing this at just the young <laughs> wee age of 34. Oh, now I'm almost 36. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's getting on. <laughs> oh, but anyways, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Life with Francie podcast. You can find it in all major platforms as well as my YouTube channel. You know the drill. Like and subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you feel like it too, a review would help to, uh, for others to find the show. So thank you so much. Hope you have a blessed day. Bye-bye.